Good morning, Four Oaks Church. It's Pastor Paul here on Thursday, November 10th. Welcome to Romans Rewind. So glad you're here with us. Before we jump in today, just a couple of programming notes. Um, number one, we are not going to be here tomorrow, so no pastoral devotional tomorrow. But we will crank it back up next week, Monday. What what date is that? I'm going to get embarrassed now. 11, 12, maybe the 14th, maybe? Yes, that sounds about right. Monday the 14th, we'll be back at it. So this is kind of uh, our last day this week. And what I thought I would do is use this time to sort of prep us for these last three sermons that we're going to have in the book of Romans. And one of the things that we've really been emphasizing over the last few days is this idea of being biblically saturated, of having a biblical worldview, of being able to view all of life from the gaze of God's word, not just being able to apply specific verses or proof texts to situations, although that's part of it. That's wrong. That's right. God said this. Don't do that. But really to have what we would kind of call a biblical instinct or biblical posture to, to understand how all of life is sort of ordered under um, the rule and reign of Christ. And that this, this order, this rule, this reign is communicated through his word. And as we saturate ourselves more and more in the word of God, we develop what we would call a biblical instinct or a biblical impulse about all things in all situations. And so we've been talking about this idea. We've been applying it to things. I think we talked yesterday about the election, for example. How do we, how do we view these things from a biblical worldview? Well, I want us to apply that same principle to these last several sections of Romans. We are going to be, in these next three weeks, into what we would kind of call, um, it's sort of Paul wrapping things up, right? It's Paul talk, addressing this person. It's Paul uh, communicating, here's my personal plans. Here's, what's, here's what I'm going to be doing in ministry. Here's when I might see you. Um, say hello to this person. Uh, greet him. Um, encourage her. He, he, he kind of like... It's almost like Paul hands us his, um, I was going to say day timer, but that would date me, my, his focus planner um, to us and say, hey, look look at what where I've been, look at what I'm doing, look at where I'm going and what my plans are. And this, this might be, we might be tempted to sort of dial down our level of interest that this is sort of Paul closing out the book and we can sort of kind of disregard or or at least not take quite as seriously because obvious uh, what he's saying here because it's obviously not as thoroughly theological biblical it's not Romans 8 it's not Romans 9 through 11 and let me just encourage us to not do that and I've been convicted about this personally as I've been looking at these at the rest of Romans kind of from Romans mid chapter 15 to the end of chapter 16 and God has just opened my eyes to a wealth of riches in this section of the book that quite honestly, I've never seen before, or at least never fully appreciated and never fully uh, contemplated. And I think it would bless your own soul. 
uh, I know it has mine, to, to get a jump on this and read through the rest of Romans um, and really asking God to reveal sort of his presence, his work, his rule, even in the mundane, quote unquote, things of Paul's life in his ministry and friendships. So l- let me do a little flyover for this to kind of help orient you and give you a couple of things to be thinking about. And again, this might be more challenging. Maybe you haven't read the Bible consistently. And to think about digging into some of these, what appear to be more mundane details might be might seem a little um, burdensome or what have you. But let me encourage you, it's well worth the, the effort. So beginning in Romans 15, chapter 15, verse 14, and you can... Open your Bibles if you have them there. Let me just kind of point out the flow of the way Paul ends this letter. So Paul kind of has set his piece about the weak and strong brother. He's kind of made his concluding theological arguments. And then he talks about his calling as an apostle, specifically his calling to minister to the Gentiles and how this fits with his plans to visit the church in Rome. Remember, he had never visited the church at Rome, knew it only by reputation and by relationships, but Paul is eager to visit them because he thinks that his, or his, his believes that his work of ministry in the other part of the ancient world is done, and now he wants to move on to new frontiers. And he wants to use Rome as a launching point to go off into Spain. And so as you read through 15, you are going to get a sense, not just of Paul's mission um, that he's had these these decades where he's been an apostle, but also his dreams. In other words, what God has, what he believes God has set in his heart to go and do. And you are going to get a picture of his dreams and his, his vision and what he sees, what he's hoping God would do in the future of his ministry. And he's asking to, uh, for them to pray for him. And this is a really fascinating read because then you can begin to compare it to what happened after that. Like as we look in the book of Acts, what happened after Paul wrote this letter and communicated his dreams and shared his heart How did God answer, or shall we say, not answer those prayers? What do we learn about it? You get into Romans 16, and Paul lists through, goes through a list, I think of, I think there's 27 names in Romans 16 or something like that. And I know some of you are going to count them and email me and tell me uh, how wrong I am, but I think it's about (laughs) 20-something names. And this is kind of like, if we're honest, like, the New Testament version of the Old Testament genealogies, right? We kind of look at these names and our eyes glass over and we're like, this, what does this have to do with me? And can, let me just simply say, um, this list of names in Romans 16 is just astounding. It's unparalleled. I mean, we could do little miniature bio studies of, of all of these people. So for example, Phoebe, a deacon in the church in Corinth. Who was she? Why was she important for this letter? What can we learn about the role of women in the local church and the ministry God has given them by looking at her life? We see 
Prisca and Aquila. This is a husband-wife team that Paul mentions. We see them also mentioned in the book of Acts. What can we learn about team ministry? What can we learn about the way husbands and wives can come alongside of each other to support, encourage, and do ministry together? We can see the sheer number of relationships that Paul maintained. And I mean, if, if you kind of think about this chapter as Paul's Facebook page, so I'm, I'm, I'm in my 50s, so it's Facebook versus Instagram or Snapchat. But if you look at, look at his Facebook page, Paul has a lot of friends. Paul has a lot of acquaintances. Paul has a lot of relationships. And no relationship or anything in Paul's life was ever happenstance. It was random. Paul didn't do random, right? Everything had a purpose. And as we look at the way he interacted, we get a picture of the ancient church and the way it functioned and the way that things operated. Um, we see that that Paul traveled with a group of people. Paul, There's this idea that Paul is this lone ranger out there on the mission frontier uh, all by himself. He's a cowboy. Nothing could be further from the truth. Paul always had people around him, supporting him, encouraging him, praying for him. What kind of model does that provide for us as believers about how we're to live our life? I cannot tell you that that's just a sampling of things that you'll find in these last two chapters of Romans. And so I would encourage you over these next few days, prepare your hearts, read, read, read these sections with a newfound appreciation and prayerful um, request to God for him to open your eyes to things maybe that you've never seen in the text. And I believe God will honor that, God will reward that, and God will continue to use his word to equip you, to bolster you, to give you a sense of his working in our lives, not just in the big things, but in the tiniest, minutest, if that's a word, of details. All right. That's my word for you for this weekend. Again, not going to be here tomorrow on Friday, November 11th. Um, Veterans Day weekend, people are scattered here and there. There's a quasi-tropical storm rolling through, but we'll be back here on Monday the 14th. Let me pray for us. Lord, open our eyes to see your majesty, your sovereignty, your beauty, your glory, your rule, your reign in every aspect of our lives. And so, Father, um, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and then mouths to proclaim your great name. Lord, we ask these things in your Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Have a great weekend. See everybody.